to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, sisters, did you have an exciting weekend? Uh, no. No? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just asking. I did. I'm glad. Yeah, well, you did. You were you, you were uh, traveling, yeah? Yeah. I did. I went to New Orleans. Nice. Nolans. That's what they call it down there. I don't think it is. Nolans. Is that what they call That's it? That's what they said. Everybody said that. Everybody? I, I, I believe she's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm ha- but I'm happy to be back. Good. With my sisters. Mm. I have been, uh, in my travels, I've been listening to music, and I have been listening to the same CD over and over again. You've been what listening is- to a CD? Well, no. I've, <laughs> you know what? I, not CD. I've been listening to an album. Okay. Say, do you carry around a little? Well, wait, it's not an album either, though, because that refers to a specific thing. What do we call a unit of music now? I think it's still an album. I've been listening to a unit of music. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. It's the new Weezer unit of music. Oh wait, is what is that? Turquoise? What are they now? Teal. 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 Yeah. I wanted to mention it because it's. I feel like this is very relevant to a show about teen interests from then and now. Yeah. Uh, because I, I couldn't, so Weezer has released the Teal album, which is an album of covers Mm -hmm. and I listened to it all the way through and it really spoke to me. It really touched me and I, I couldn't figure out why exactly. I mean, they're, they're good songs. I think they're, they're all like songs that most people say, yeah, it's a pretty good song or like, yeah, that's a great song. Like there, there aren't a lot of like clunkers on there. Yeah. Um, and they do a good job. Nothing like real different necessarily Mm -hmm. just like good solid renditions of some good solid songs they aren't really necessarily from my era some of them are some of them aren't some of them are earlier some of them are later like there's nothing about them that's like that was exactly this time in my life Mm -hmm. so i've been i've been like racking my brain like why am i becoming obsessed with the cd with this album this unit of music Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it why am i listening to it over and over again and i i think i've cracked it what is it you just love Weezer. I, well, I do. I mean, that's a big part of it. I love <laughs> Weezer, and Weezer made a new album, and I like that. Um, not always, though, Weezer. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but not every album did I love. Oh. But it, I feel like Weezer made me a mixtape. Oh, okay. Well... Of that other people's I, music. Okay. No, but <laughs> I feel like I finally figured it out. That's the feeling I get. I feel like they take me on a ride like a mixtape does. I feel like a message. I'm I'm not getting into some some like I don't think Weezer's sending me a message. Please don't think I please don't misunderstand. <laughs> this is not the beginning please of Please like, don't think that Weezer is sending you a message. No, I don't think that. I don't think that. <laughs> this is not like the beginning of like a stalking journey. I am not saying that at all. <laughs> okay. I, that's what they all say. No, I'm serious. I've seen you. <laughs> I just couldn't figure out like why does it touch me? Why do I feel good? I'm like there's I mean, it's just like that's yeah, like that song was good. Okay. But why why do I keep listening to it? Because I feel like I haven't heard from Weezer in a really long time. I didn't know if they still cared about me. And then they sent me a mixtape and it made uh, me feel good. I, I have. Here's <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. There. I, I have an opinion about why this bothers me. And I have not listened. To, I've heard some of the covers off of it. They've been sent to me. And I, I, I do also enjoy them. But the thing that I feel like got. Weezer got kind of like a raw deal because like. They were a lot of ours, like, childhood, like, teenager, yeah. like, angsty, like, Pinkerton hit right when I needed Pinkerton to hit me, like, and then they kept doing kind of what they did. They were singing sort of, like, indie soft rock with some, like, like cool, like, riffs about, like, being angry and weird and confused. And, yes, they, when they were teenagers or, like, young adults, it made sense, as they got older, they just kept making that music. And other generations appreciated it. We got too old for it. That's not their fault. That's like, true. So is this like, now they, they did this, and now like finally like all the old people are like, all right, they're back in the good. But it's like, but like they didn't have to do that. It's like it's like Bleak 182. Like, I don't listen to their music anymore. I'm glad they're still making it. I'm, I'm glad Green Day's still making music. It's not for me anymore. It's, it's 
teenagers like that music now because that's what they that was what they branded you could make the argument why are they still making that music as 30 40 year olds but whatever the case that kind of music exists in a temporal moment and once we grow out of it we can't get mad at them for not growing old with us i think somewhere in there you called me an old person i'm an old person too <laughs> i included myself in all of this <laughs> I, well, and I all that I, might might well be true, but then again, I I stick to my original theory. I feel like Weezer sent me a tape and said, "Yeah, I think hey, they Sydney, wanted- I'm I'm still grateful for all the years that you spent wearing skinny jeans and ironic T-shirts and Chuck Taylors and coming to my concerts all over yeah. the place. I still love you. Don't worry. Be- because maybe after the f- five albums they've put out since Blue. Like, I don't know, like Harley, uh, uh, Green, uh, Maladroit, like yeah. they, they've put out a lot that you just poo-pooed. You just said, nah, not for me. Like, <laughs> I, maybe they got poo-pooed. desperate and tried to make something for our old butts. And we're like, here, it's a bunch of covers. Look, Toto, what will make you happy, old people? Like, it we worked. should feel bad. It worked. It's it totally worked. Hey, guys, we just spent six and a half minutes talking about Weezer. When are we going to talk about Ariana Grande's you, new album? Do you know I, about Weezer? I know you have talked about them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know any, like, do you, could you name a song? A song? No. Okay. Really? That one from Rock Band. The one that did, do you always did on rock band the one from rock band you always did on rock band i remember us playing it a lot on rock band i think it was weezer (sighs) yeah say it ain't so was on was it say it ain't so yeah that what it was that was the only one i always did vocals on that yeah not even buddy holly that one no that's the one i was thinking of. okay i was gonna say it's a little bit more popular but say it ain't so was on everybody's her buddy holly like that one yeah that one yeah i know that one one. okay well Hey, but what are we going to talk I, about Ariana Grande's new album? I don't, I, I don't know anything about it, but please enlighten me. She made people upset because she released a song called Break Up With Your Girlfriend, I'm Bored. Oh, yeah. I, I uh, saw. I You know what? What? This is the age we live in. I saw all of the anger over that <laughs> and have not listened to the song. The, and then she tried to say. Well, I don't know if she did. People defending it online tried to say it was about self-love because in the music video for the song, she is singing this song to a boy she meets at a party, but he has a girlfriend that looks just like her. And there are many clips where, like, she's looking in a mirror and then it turns to his girlfriend, like, they're dressed in the same outfit and looks just like her. And then at the very end of the song, like, right after at the very end of the video, she's in a, a swimming pool with a bunch of other people, but that couple is in there and she swims over to them. And is about to mooch the girl instead of mooching the boy. I have a problem with that. And it's not the fact that it's supposed to be about self-love. It's that, what's up? It's 2019. Stop gay baiting. It's okay if you're not queer. You don't get queer points. You're not queer, Ariana Grande. And if you are, cool. (laughs) But I'm tired of that. Like, that's not cool. You don't represent self-love by indicating a lesbian relationship. Try harder if you want to be deeper. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, 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 uh, that was I'm sorry. <laughs> that makes me mad. I don't want to say the, the lyrics on the show because we're a family friendly show, but there are some lines in there that there's no way those are about self love. You can try if you want for some of them. There are some of them. There's just, no. Well, I don't. Someone did retweet the lyrics, and I'm like, no, this is definitely trying to get someone to, to this break is... up with yeah, their yeah. girlfriend because you're bored. <laughs> <sighs> And then to try to make it about self-love, but then you're also going to have it not be like a like you playing the other role. Maybe I would have gotten that, but it's not Ariana playing both roles. <laughs> I found that I always, in, the, in cases like these, try to give like the other person the benefit of the doubt and assume that I am not like clever enough to figure it out. And so I'm sitting here trying to wrap my head <laughs> around how get, like break up with your girlfriend I'm bored is really an anthem about self-love I'm like trying to make that like well obviously it is and I just I'm not deep enough to understand it and I'm trying really hard to make it happen in my head <laughs> and I'm beginning to think maybe I'm not the one who's wrong <laughs> yeah I, like, I don't know I'm not saying that I'm not I'm just right. saying well I, yeah it's like oh so you are the girlfriend in this 
situation so your girlfriend is the one that's bored if that's what we're trying to say that's still like i don't a i don't buy it because i have also seen the lyrics also be assertive and break up with your boyfriend if you're bored yeah that's like the relationship is no longer satisfying to you either fix it or end it don't just like force him to that's not cool um this is this is part of what we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we you've already segued into our topic. Yes. Without t- naming our topic. Exactly. Hey, that, so was my, just... that was my entire goal. You know what? Here's the thing we keep doing, sisters. I'm just going to call us out on this. We keep <laughs> making smart segues, but then remarking on them. So let's, <laughs> for once. people to know that they're into the, the, I just feel like it's good to like signpost. Here's the stuff we're going to talk about. Shared cultural experiences. Okay. <laughs> That's right. what they are. Which is basically every cultural experience these days, I think. It's funny because when I first was thinking about this as like something we could discuss, my initial thought was I was focused on television. Like I, it actually, the Super Bowl is what made me think of it. I was wondering like, I wonder if people all watch the Super Bowl like they used to, or if that's fading. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm sure there are numbers I could look at and that would tell me that. But as I was watching, I didn't know. And so I was thinking about that. And then I started thinking about awards shows and like the rant live like mm-hmm. live musicals and it led me to the to the idea that tv probably isn't like that anymore you know when the friends see like series finale aired everybody watched it well not everybody but a lot of people watched yeah. it at that moment if you go back to like what was it 82 83 when the mash finale aired <laughs> sure yeah as you do <laughs> it's the best tv show of all time we should all take a moment <laughs> a moment say, of silence say thank you that mash was on tv but when it ended everybody watched it even more so than friends i'm sure at that moment yeah like bars were packed living rooms were packed everybody was around it was the most watched thing on television for a while and then super bowls eventually surpassed it right. and those were always in the lead but but it was the most watched thing because it you couldn't DVR it. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't stream it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be easily available the next morning if you missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess well, we had VHS then. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, if you thought of like you could tape it. But anyway, the point is, um, I, at my initial thesis was, though I bet there's fewer of those. But then the more we've kind of talked, well, no, they're probably more just different because yeah. everything is shared now, right? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, like to our previous conversation, would I ever have an opinion about an Ariana Grande song? But the internet told me I should. <laughs> I I know about some weird things that I don't know why I know about because of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I share, I, and I mean that's that's all Twitter moments are, right? Yeah. Like they're cultural things that they want us all to be a part of. You <laughs> but who is they? Once. There is no they. Who is the they? Twitter telling us that Sydney's live tweeting of the resident is the most important thing to be paying attention to. That's true. On the I, internet. I had a Twitter moment once. You did. Is is that an algorithm based on numbers, or is that something that they're picking though? I don't I'm I'm assuming question. it's an algorithm based on numbers because uh because of some of the people I follow mm-hmm. certain things pop up in my Twitter moments yeah. specifically yeah. for me and so that's got I mean it's all just got to be algorithms. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I would like to ask I can say the answer for me is zero. How many minutes of the Grammys on television while they were occurring did you all watch? Zero. None. But how many events that occurred in the Grammys or moments have you read about or seen clips of since? I've then? watched several. Uh, the Dolly Parton tribute. Yeah. You haven't watched that? No. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. The, the, somebody pointed this out. The best thing about the Dolly Parton tribute is that it is led by Dolly Parton herself. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> she doesn't lay back and be like, yeah, pay a tribute to me. Like, well, all right, let me show you how it's done, though. Yeah, let me. I and mean, she really, like, she's still amazing. Yep. 
I mean, she's still Dolly Parton. Her voice is amazing. She's still a performer. She's still a professional. Um, it, that that's worth watching. Yeah. You, did Did you guys all watch? Uh, was it Dumplin' the the Netflix movie? No. Uh-uh. No. Oh, she wrote like a ton of original music for that. Um, really? Yeah. It's actually it's actually a pretty good. As far as like we've talked a lot about like Netflix like problematic Netflix movies. I think it's a good one. I think it actually has a. Hmm. Oh, I think good. It actually, we should talk about it someday. Oh, another episode, <laughs> but it's a good. Yeah, no, Dolly Parton is, and and then they made a music video off of that with like a ton of popular drag queens right now singing Jolene, like with Dolly Parton the stamp of approval. Yeah, Are you Dolly serious? Parton's still amazing. <laughs> I wondered, you know what's so funny? As I was watching them sing Jolene, I was thinking like I don't know why we don't have drag queens in on this. <laughs> Be- there's a whole video like that that is all drag queens singing Jolene like <laughs> with Dolly Parton's stamp of approval that's awesome that's yeah that's yeah. awesome she's, no. she's she deserves a tribute but she's also just out there still being amazing and writing great music so I don't know no, <laughs> no it's way. very it, it's very true like because of that um I I feel like I knew about a lot of beef because of Twitter that happened surrounding the Grammys yeah um, that I don't know why I would ever know about because I was, you know, you I think just about like hearing you say beef. Tell me about yeah. the beef you're talking about, Sid. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Spill the tea. Didn't you hear about the whole? They so BET on Twitter threw some shade at Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I saw that. Uh... And so Nicki Minaj pulled out of like a big concert, the BET Experience mm-hmm. this oh. summer, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I saw a whole. Uh, conflict over Mac Miller not winning rap album of the year but the Grammys flew his parents out there because he passed away right last fall so they flew his parents out there to be there to like represent him but did he didn't win and then people were upset that Cardi B won but Cardi B was the first female to ever win that award well well well, we know about (laughs) all these things because of Twitter we did not watch Twitter we did not watch the Grammys Um, no I would. Did you watch Janelle Monae's? No. You should check that out. It's a really great performance too. Anyway, maybe <laughs> I should just watch the Grammys. Uh, no, but that's that's a good example of how like, I mean, I used to be way more into watching award shows. Yeah. I don't know why. I I mean, like, I don't know what it is. Well, there is all... nothing in the in my interests that would indicate to you I would want to watch a lot of yeah. award shows. But I did. I always was like. Get, get me those Oscar parties, those Emmy parties, yeah. those Golden Globe parties. I got to be there so I can, like, make out my little ballot and guess yeah. who's going to win. And I don't know why. For a while, we did that. Every mm-hmm. uh, Oscars, you and you all come over for Sunday dinner. We would just have the little ballots and fill out who we thought was going to win. We had a little trophy. That was, like, a little plastic Oscar we gave to whoever guessed the most. And it really, like, I think I think a big part of it was, like, it's cool to think you're doing something that, like, a ton of people are doing at the same moment. Yeah, like I that agree with humans that. are all engaging in an activity, but it certainly is heightened by the presence of social media because yeah. before it was just that kind of knowledge and the fact that the next day at school or work or whatever, you, you could, could talk, talk about, about it. it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I wonder if it kind of does away with that. Like I've noticed that uh, in some ways, social media and the the way that it's constantly like the echo chamber of like something happens and then it's tweeted about and tweeted about and everybody's talking about it and commenting on it and dissecting it and think piecing it and all that kind of stuff. Because of that, how many times have you gone to tell somebody about something and they're like, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know. And everything that you could both say about it, you've probably both already read about it. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, live tweeting is now a thing. That wasn't yeah. a thing. I mean, sure, you're you're you know you're not maybe watching it at the same time as everyone else. But if someone is watching something and doing the whole live tweeting thing as they're doing it, like you're basically watching it with them. <laughs> and you can talk about it with. Then they're them. like your friend. It is yeah. interesting though, because opposite that, like we also live in like a, a culture of like you can't spoil things. So yeah, you can live tweet, but then like because I like. I never can watch new episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. They're on Fridays. I work Fridays. Why are they on Fridays? Um, 
But I, I am a, I'm one of those people that I don't care about things being spoiled. I'll watch the movie, the show, the episode. I sometimes I seek out spoilers because my yeah. anxiety will get the best of me, and if I don't I do know same. what's gonna happen, I'm gonna have a panic attack. So I just let myself. I seek out the spoiler, and then I can watch it comfortably. That's just me, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but like you know, it's like that weird like you can't have an opinion up to date because. We also, it's not like you miss that episode of The Simpsons. You're not, you don't know when you're going to see it again. So it's okay if people talk about it because you missed it. That's your fault. We can always catch up on things and watch things. And like, that's like, there's a weird combination of everyone's up to the minute, but it's really disrespectful to have an opinion up to the minute. (laughs) Well, no, that's very true. Because if you think about it back, especially before, like you could DVR stuff, if somebody missed an episode of something not only is it was it not spoiling to talk about it it was often necessary i remember Mm -hmm. asking people what happened on tv you know like fill me in on on what i missed so i can watch it next week and know what's going on yeah can you imagine that riley can you imagine like asking somebody i don't know what do you watch game of thrones fill me in on game of thrones (laughs) i do not watch game of thrones (laughs) But oh, I know well. I'm trying to think about TV um, that people people are very attached to. I feel like Game of Thrones is like the quintessential show that people yeah. are very attached to right now I've and don't to, want spoiled. <laughs> I've had to do that before whenever I've been trying to watch like a TV show like with someone like with. Well, for example, with mom and dad, I started a TV show with them when I was home for a break. And I thought that meant that I wouldn't watch it without them. And then when I returned home a few weeks later and I offered to watch it, they'd already finished the whole show. <laughs> so they wanted to talk about it with me. I was like, well, no, now I have to go watch this before we can talk about it because I don't want you to fill me in on what I missed. Uh, you don't want Because it to was happen. two whole seasons. Well, and you don't want to happen to you that, Taylor, every time I think about the fact that mom and dad <laughs> tried to encapsulate all of the good place to you in a description... And then show you an episode, like the season finale. Yeah. From last season. It makes yeah. me so sad. The good place is so good. <laughs> yeah, but- someday I'll watch it. I don't know. I guess I'm glad that there's like a lot less tension. Because it's this- so good and beautiful and, and poignant and wonderful yeah. and important. It's yeah. saying so many things. <laughs> You're talking to the person then we'll get two thirds of the way through like an action or a horror movie. And get so anxious that I'll immediately Wikipedia the ending and then go back to watching it. Like, that's me. (laughs) It's just, that's, so I'm the one person that maybe that's okay. I will watch The Good Place. And now I'll just know that just the swerves and curves won't throw me off so much. Because I'm sure I'm not the only one out there that like totally respect people that don't like spoilers. My God, I need spoilers because I have a lot of anxiety. (laughs) I I think it's fair to say there. and, And like, there are certain things I know for me. Um, there was a while where Justin and I, especially while I was uh, pregnant, where I would become like enraged if a movie secretly included the death of anyone under 18. <laughs> like, any, you still any, are. I, I am. Like, I can't handle. It makes me so upset. Like, I feel like a movie should have to warn you like a little kid uh, okay. is going to die in this movie because I don't want I don't want that in my head. I don't want that in my reality. The movies that I have seen like that, like every time I like close my eyes to go to sleep at night, I have to like fast forward past them real quick because they want to like, hey, we're here. We're here in your brain. We're back. (laughs) We're back to join you at night when you worry. (laughs) I don't want those. I don't want those there. That's, uh, you know, let's talk talk (laughs) about happier things. (laughs) But before we do that. (laughs) Oh, let's check the group message. Oh man, our poor ads. I know. Oh, sorry. No, we're gonna move on. We're gonna these ads are gonna ramp us into happy shared cultural <laughs> experiences. Um, I have a sponsor I want to tell you all about this week, sisters. Who's that? HelloFresh. We've told you about HelloFresh before, and it is uh, an amazing meal kit delivery service that is sponsoring us this week. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen this year a reality with deliciously simple recipes. So maybe one of your New Year's resolutions was that you wanted to learn how to cook or you wanted to try some new recipes or or broaden your horizons and expand your palate. Are you doing any of that? I am not, (laughs) but 
I am uh, starting to with HelloFresh. <laughs> we need to work on you. Your palate is limited. It is. <laughs> yeah. And HelloFresh is helping me with that because they give me ingredients and recipes that are super easy to follow and delicious and fresh produce. They all come with easy to follow six step picture recipe cards are delivered right to my door. So I don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, picking stuff out, finding recipes. They take care of all of that for me. And all meals come together in like 30 minutes max, which is great if you're on time crunch because you don't have to worry about setting all this time aside. They take care of it for you. And uh, there are three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, for all of your various uh, needs or <laughs> desires. They're like, the, just, if you want to remember, they're like the three of us. Wait, classic, oh, you're, veggie, you're family, and family. Riley's uh-huh. classic, and I'm veggie? Okay. There we yeah. go. There we go. Just remember. Does that work? <laughs> there are three plans originated from the personalities and lives of the three small sisters. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Taylor, if our listeners want to try out HelloFresh, what should they do? Well, uh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash buffering 80 and that's going to get you $80 off. That's $20 off your first four boxes. So you get four boxes at $20 off each time uh, if you use the promo code buffering 80 So once again, go to HelloFresh.com slash buffering 80 use the code buffering 80 get a total of $80 off, $20 off each box for your first four boxes. Go check that out. Yeah. Broaden I can't palettes. emphasize the pictures enough. Yeah. Like when someone <laughs> says in a sentence, cut the pepper perpendicularly in eight equal parts. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But then there's a picture. And yeah. that's how I learn things. <laughs> <laughs> We're visual learners here. Yes. <laughs> uh, sisters, I also want to tell you about another sponsor this week. That's Tor Books. Um, this episode is sponsored by Tortine in particular. We've told you about some different titles from Tor Books before, but this week we want to talk you about talk to you about Spectacle, which is a, uh, a teen uh, aimed, but for anyone. Mm-hmm. I am not a teen, and I also own a copy of Spectacle that I can share with you. Uh, book by Jody Lenz Drock. Uh, it is set in Paris in 1887, and to give you a quick rundown, what you might expect: sixteen year old. Natalie writes the daily morgue column for Le Petit Journal, a task she finds both fascinating and routine. That is, until she has a vision of a woman being murdered from the perspective of the murderer. Mm. As the killer haunts Paris, it becomes clear that Natalie may be the only one who can discover the killer's identity before she becomes a target herself. So it's a thrilling I love that. I love that era too. The 1800s. Yeah. We're getting into the heroic era of medicine. <laughs> One of my favorite times. Lots of bloodletting. Mm-hmm. Lots I don't of kn- bloodletting. Okay, we're just gonna let that sentence stand. It. Go and yeah. talk about the book. <laughs> I don't know that any of that is in spectacle, <laughs> but it is going to be exciting, and uh, you should check it out. It's available wherever books are sold, and you can visit <laughs> tourteen.com for more on spectacle and other great reads so check that out spectacle the best of times the worst of times the most <laughs> bloodlettingest of times <laughs> i loved it I, I say that about the 1800s but that's like really most of human history <laughs> no we just i mean we we really like bloodletting as a sp- just, species just, humans do all right cool yeah, i don't know i don't know i don't have a i don't have a i don't no I could give you a lot of reasons well but the good thing is is that this is a teen like generational podcast so we don't have to talk about bloodletting yeah, hey, we're, we're talking to. about happier things after the, yes. the break we're going to talk about happier things so I think one thing that is neat is there used to be back before television was all the time, anytime, every time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when there was no appointment, te- like when there was only appointment television, uh, there were also like movies that would come on periodically and you would like know that like Disney's going to show a movie on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so like your family would get together to watch the movie that was coming on. Yeah. Which is so, it's so uh, like even now, like I grew up in this era. That's such a weird thing to think about. Well, I mean, even when I was, uh, I mean, I was probably on the brim of teenagedom, probably like 12, 13, that sort of age frame. Um, I There was no Netflix or anything even then for me. So when mm-hmm. I was watching like all the Disney Channel original movies I'd loved, 
if I was with friends for a weekend and we wanted to, to watch something, there was always a little thing on the Disney Channel website you could go on that'd be like, especially over the summer, they're like, here's your summer of, of shows and all <laughs> these Disney original movies. And you could go on and like check the little list of movies that'd be on each day. And we would all sit down and plan out which ones you're we going to watch. Or like I knew that certain days at certain times, like when I got home from school, this show would be on. But I mean, I did have the internet to tell me when those things would be on and most of that stuff happened before then. Well, and back then you would have just commercials would have told you right. what was coming. And I, it's funny because I still see that echoed in the fact that dad will DVR movies if mm-hmm. he thinks it's one that Charlie would like. He will also do that if he thinks it's something I like. <laughs> As if like, oh, if quick DVR it. <laughs> we'll never we'll never be able to see Frozen otherwise. I was going to say that's <laughs> like when Frozen came on Disney Channel. We had it saved on our DVR for like months. Months. <laughs> Uh, which the, it is not the only way to obtain Frozen, in case you're worried. <laughs> there are other <laughs> the movie's ubiquitous. There are other ways to get Frozen. Good to know. <laughs> um, well, and it's the same idea, you know. I guess they still do that with like ha- during like the month of October. They'll yeah. have like 30 days of Halloween movies yeah. that you can check out. Which I mean, like you can find. I would say every single one without even seeing the list, you can find all of those movies somewhere elsewhere. Online. Somewhere. Sure. Um, but there is something still special about stumbling upon a movie you really love and haven't seen in a while. And then like all of a sudden you just flip a channel and there it is. Is I mean, do do you still get, I I still get like this little burst of joy. Like, well, I, I don't have TV though. Oh, well, I don't have like, like cable. I just have an Apple TV. Well, trust me. There was something there was something kind of fun the other day when I was flipping through channels and uh maybe one of the Twilight movies was on and I haven't <gasps> no! seen the Twilight movies since I saw them the first time. Say no. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, Twilight. I missed you. I'll watch you." Oh, Sydney. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> Cooper liked the big CGI wolves. Bad. Did she? she did. <laughs> ba- She's bad. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like there's something magical about that. But, but I think it's cool that in replacement of that now we have some of these live musicals. Yeah. Um, I do think that's very cool. And I like being able to talk to people about something as it's happening. I also think the whole live element is very cool to add to it because not only is everyone watching it at the same time, I guess rent doesn't technically apply as well because of what happened, but like they're performing it at the same time. It's almost yes. like everyone is attending the the theater together to watch it because they're performing it right then. We're all mm-hmm. watching it right then. Uh, yeah, I I felt that way watching Rent. I I had a it was a really weird. Th- First of all, I'm just gonna say this. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. I know it wasn't completely live. Right. Um. Wait. Well, but I don't know this. Why wasn't it live totally? Roger Dur- got a boo boo. Roger during, broke his foot during yeah. the final dress rehearsal the night before, and but they filmed it, so they just showed that, yeah, until the very last scene, which they did live, because they could do, they could put Roger up on a table for the entire very last scene, <laughs> and I saw him referred to on Twitter as Table Roger, <laughs> which I really very enjoyed. Good. <laughs> table Roger <laughs> did oh, a fine that's job. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. So, so they aired it from the night before. So it was filmed live. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like it know. wasn't an edited, yeah, performance. It was still excellent. I loved it. I loved every moment. I did enjoy it. It I, was my favorite live musical on a TV. I like on sobbed TV during "I'll Cover You." I, know. I sobbed. Collins destroyed it. The whole cast did. I was not of the Vanessa Hudgens era. She became a thing after. I have me. always been on that Vanessa Hudgens train. She's excellent. Ex. I can't. I what can I say? I saw excellent. her in High School Musical, and then I got to see her live in In the Heights just last year, and now she's on Rent. That uh, Jordan Fisher, mm-hmm. who was Mark, mm-hmm. who was amazing. I want him in everything that I ever watch ever from now my on. Favorite. He was fantastic. I will say, he was very attractive and a very not dreamy. Mark. He was a very dreamy Mark. <laughs> But see, this is like the... He was was a sexy Mark. This is the experience, this conversation that... (laughs) I'm just saying. It was a wonderful wonderful production. I loved it. This is the kind of conversation that I don't get to have very often 
because I don't find myself watching this same thing at the same time as a lot of people. Like, the way it usually turns out for me is either someone watches something, tells me I should watch it, and then I go watch it, and then we talk about it after we both have watched it, and they haven't, you know, they watched it several weeks ago, and I just watched it, so we're talking about it, Mm. or vice versa. I watch something, tell someone they should watch it, but it's never we both watched something at the same time but weren't sitting down to watch it together and we can well, talk about it right after and I, I guess this this conversation and I'm, I'm curious if you guys feel this sense of this weird zeitgeist of like like when I'm in a hotel and I, I, I haven't had cable in my house since I've lived in New York like I think for my first year in the dorms we had cable provided mm-hmm. and since then I just haven't and that's been fine like you know at some point the advent of streaming services happened um but there was a sense of sort of not being alone when you watch TV because you're aware that other people are watching that, even if it's not an event, even if it's uh-huh. not a thing that everyone's watching. Even now, like, this is weird to say out loud, but, like, even when I'm feeling a little lonely, I'll watch, like, Hulu recent, like recently aired episodes over, like, some deep dive on Netflix because it makes me feel like, well, this is current. This just happened. This makes it, this is something that people are still talking about. Mm -hmm. And like, there's that weird thing with like, you know, having like television that, you know, even if you're the only one in the room watching it, your other people out there are watching it right now. Like it it makes you feel connected in a weird way that, you know, just rewatching one of your favorite movies on a DVD or pulling up some weird old movie on Netflix, like it, is, am I the only one that has that? No, you <laughs> yeah. are not. I, yeah, I totally I, have. I, I, I do, do that. I experience thing. that. If Justin's out of town and it's just me and the girls, I will almost exclusively be watching like television yeah. while he's gone. Because, I mean, even if it's reruns of stuff, like I know what channel uh, runs Parks and Rec over and over again, over again, mm-hmm. or Friends. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I, I will go find those um or i'll just even hgtv or something food network just something that's that's like i know other people are watching at that time i totally do that i understand that completely i have felt weird about it too but yeah i think it's a real thing whereas like if i go watch a movie that i've seen a hundred times on netflix i might really enjoy it but i don't know it feels different you know there's one tv experience i always find myself watching i'm never really sure why but i feel like it's one of those things everyone watches for the same reason and that's the olympics yeah i feel like everyone is always watching certain especially like certain events in all in the olympics that you're never really sure why you're watching it but then you find yourself you've been watching figure skating for three hours and you can't seem to stop and you don't really know why you're watching it but you know everyone else is watching it too because it's amazing and i still can't understand how the human body can do it but i can't stand in ice skates and people dance across the ice like magical you know ballerinas mm-hmm. on ice i don't know anyway <laughs> it got lost there but the point is ice skating is amazing <laughs> yes and oh, well. i <laughs> yeah, think about all the all the messed up shot and freud powered tv we watch like all the like just people getting hit in the nuts on america's funniest home videos like yeah. like the olympics are kind of the pinnacle it's people live like aiming for their goals and oftentimes achieving them they're like and you're Mm -hmm. watching it with millions of other people around the world seeing the best that we as physical beings can achieve in in obviously only in that small you know right area that they're competing in but still like i i think that's there's a reason that we all are drawn to that even if we don't understand the sports it's just like it's achievement i can celebrate this with them you know well even if it's curling yeah sure (laughs) even curling the, the ice okay (laughs) <laughs> and there's always that that feeling that like if someone does something it's super like record breaking or amazing or even like something horrible happens and and someone gets hurt or something you know messes up like and you're watching it live it's like oh I didn't have to to wait to see this on Twitter like an hour after it happened I was there like, I was there watching it like I, I wasn't mean I wasn't there, there. <laughs> but I was there like I saw it happen right you know like you you watch all the things happen live it's like wow I, I'm gonna read about that in the news and I was there when it happened <laughs> I, and I really have to believe that that is part of why because I mean I don't think the the idea of musicals has been like loved by massive like like America as a whole mm-hmm. for a long time 
And so when they first talked about airing live musicals, I was like, is it just going to be like me and fellow theater (laughs) nerds watching this? Like, who's going to watch it? And like a lot of people watch it. And I think part of it is more people like musicals than want to admit it. And it's easy for them to admit to themselves. They like musicals when they're alone in their living room turning on Fox than well, the theater. And I think it's also like, I don't want to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to miss this thing that everybody's watching to see what it's going to be like. It was a really weird rent specifically was a really weird feeling for me as like a former teenager <laughs> who got my rent CDs. Cause it was a two, two disc mm-hmm. CD who got my rent CDs, played them in my room incessantly, just like over and over and over to memorize every word of every song as fast mm-hmm. as I possibly could, because all of my theater friends had already done that. And right. I, I had to catch up behind. And I had never seen any of it. I did, like I had no dream of when I would get to see it. Mm-hmm. Like what I was gonna go to New York and see it. No, I was. I mean, I was whatever, fourteen, yeah, thirteen, fourteen. I like I don't know when I'll ever get to see this. I don't know if I'll ever get to see it. I am so amazed by this thing. It was a very like private thing that I then could share with just my small group of friends, and we were in love with. And I didn't know how many people felt like I did or I could connect to and then to like here fast forward I'm an adult and I'm sitting in my living room with my husband watching Rent on TV mm-hmm. perform live with like all of America watching it alongside yeah. it, it's a really weird transition to like it is like to this shared cultural thing that we can have now where yeah. like all of us are, and I thought it was a really good choice for that yeah I mean it was mm-hmm. the first time I've listened to Rent for many years now honestly like i it's one of the first musicals i ever listened to even if i was maybe too young to listen to some of it um but i'd never gotten to see it like i saw the movie mm-hmm. but that's not the same it's not the musical like i'd never seen a performance of it and that was the first time i'd ever gotten to it it was it was very very cool it was and it's a good thing like to be able to like get all of america to watch right now yeah. something that's about like love and openness mm-hmm. and sharing and <laughs> compassion and diversity and taking care of one another and I mean, it was very, it was a very powerful shared cultural yeah. moment. Well, um, and there is, there, there is that, like, I think that the thing that's beautiful about the live musicals versus like just, you know, edited television, even if it's reality TV or whatever, is that there is always that possibility of failure. And that's yeah. what makes mm-hmm. it so much more powerful when they succeed. As you said, like Roger broke his ankle. So that's, that's unfortunate. But yeah, in that particular show, but still, like, I think that, that that's something that you know that that's like it's like when you're in like when you are in a live theater audience like i cry whenever i go to theater i could be watching the happiest show in the world we saw frozen together and i think (laughs) i was crying from the first dance to the end just because it's human achievement happening in front of you it's like (laughs) all these people (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the most surreal experiences in my life was when taylor and i saw hamilton and I was sobbing, of course, Ian, the whole time, the, though. the end of act two. And I just like heard someone like silently just mourning next to me. And I turned around and I know t- I knew Taylor hadn't listened to it very much before. So I knew it was going to happen. So I was sad, <laughs> but I wasn't that sad. But I just turned to Taylor and Taylor is just <laughs> sobbing. Yeah, like we're in this together. <laughs> it's like it's something like I think there's a precipice that we reach like with live theater. And I think even with the live performances where it's like everything could go wrong and so you're not only getting a story but you're getting a story told on the precipice of everything going wrong and there's something very moving about that there's something like i think that like that those sort of events maybe those are the ones that i do think like despite like our loss of like did you watch the finale of friends it's like i'll watch it tomorrow it's fine now we live (laughs) in that culture where i can get caught up on all that stuff but i do think there is still the existence of the live tv that you only experience when it's live yeah Yeah. like you can only that does make it more special yeah i think especially when it's something you've done before whether like you you've done a certain sport and you watch it in the olympics like you've done theater before and then you watch a live musical it's like you know what they're running around and doing backstage like you know that they're you know they've been rehearsing for months and they're running around getting costume changes and there's probably problems with mics and and set changes and all that stuff and you know what goes into it and then you get to see what what comes out don't don't feel bad, Tay. I sat next to Jimmy Buffett watching <laughs> Hamilton one time, <laughs> and, and I I was sitting there watching. It's quiet uptown, and I heard <laughs> sniffle sniffle. You <laughs> saw Jimmy like, Buffett cry? 
And Jimmy Buffett was was crying a little bit <laughs> during Just Hamilton. Just a little bit. And I was thinking, I wish I had a tissue to offer Jimmy Buffett. And the first you, time in his life he's ever cried. <laughs> no, so you I, could have captured his tears and used them in a ritual to summon like <laughs> eternal happiness or maybe a parrot god of some kind for somebody. I don't know. <laughs> I suspect some really good he, sandals. I suspect he cries at Hamilton every time. Well, yeah. From his reaction. He also was singing along. That I was also that. very cool to hear Jimmy Buffett singing along. I want to hear a Jimmy a Buffett next cover album of <gasps> just Jimmy Buffett doing all the parts in Hamilton. He really wanted to be the king, <laughs> I think. I mean, like, he, he joked about it so many times. He really wanted to be the king. That would be great. I don't see the problem with that. I don't either. I mean, I don't no, have, I, I, I have I no problem that. with any of These are all things I love and am excited <laughs> about. And <laughs> no, no issues here. Uh, well... Maybe, maybe if we're lucky, we'll all get to sh- create a Twitter moment and share in that cultural experience together. Uh, I, I don't. We have to. We have no. to either have beef with somebody. You just did it by watching a show. I yeah. I made fun of it. <laughs> Can we make fun? Is that how you do it? No. I, did, I let me say when I was making fun of the resident, I did not mean to be a Twitter. Well, no, but you did. I know. That's the thing we. I can't got. Mean I got to. some hate for that. You did. Yeah. Well, it was very funny, a very funny side of tweets. Though. I don't like this show. It's not just because they get medicine wrong. Every medical show gets the medicine wrong. That's ubiquitous. I didn't like it because they're making it sound like we're all part of some horrible, evil medical conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> that are secretly like giving cancer patients too much treatment to get extra money out of them and stuff. I mean, like they make us look like some evil corporation. There's there are bad people in the healthcare field, like in every field. But the majority of us are just trying to do a good job. <laughs> that was my problem. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. And there's, That's valid. There's the conclusion of her Twitter moment. No. Instead, I got a lot of people saying, it's just a show. Calm down. Like, I, yeah. I don't tweet. Know. <laughs> I mean, that's like, but I mean, Twitter is for, like, you have to, the, the premise of it's just a show, calm down you have to suspend that yeah. <laughs> disbelief b- to Before participate in social media. Yeah. All of social yes. media is negated by the, it's just blank, calm down. Yeah. Twitter poofs out of existence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I ever want a Twitter moment because I even like, I feel like if I get a retweet of more than like 200, I inevitably get like an equal proportion of trolls. Like, it's just like, if you stick under that mark, you're safe. It's mainly just other people like, I agree with that idea. I agree with that one, too. Once you get around a couple hundred, like, likes or retweets, suddenly people just show up that are like, like, just like, where did you come from? You definitely don't listen to my podcast. You would like nothing I have to say. How did you find me? <laughs> I just came to poop in your living room real quick. Basically that. <laughs> I'll be gone in a sec. <laughs> That's what it is. If somebody just comes wandering on your front door, takes a dump in your living room, and wanders back out. I had one. It's like someone said, I'm tired of the gay agenda. I'm like, that's my agenda. What are you doing here? I have one viral tweet and no one got mad at me for it that I saw. And that's all. That's my proudest Twitter moment. Oh, well, good job. Thank you. It was someone said, quote this with your biggest Fear plus sexy is your Halloween costume. Oh, I remember this. And I said, sexy 18 to 25-year-olds not showing up to vote in their midterm elections. It was timely. It was concise. It was clever. It had all the elements to a good joke. (laughs) Riley's been studying the elements to a good joke, and she is aware. I tried many times with previous tweets, and none of them worked, and then this one did. And I haven't tried since because I'm worried (laughs) to fail. We'll just keep at it. I'm really glad that didn't get hate. As as innocuous as that is, I'm surprised it didn't, honestly. (laughs) That I saw. Probably somewhere out there. If you want to get hate, tweet about vaccines. Or apparently being in any way supportive of the LGBTQ community. That's what I've learned. I'm still going to do it. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I'm with you. Not afraid. That's that's hate. I welcome. That's fine. Oh you yeah, can throw, no. you can throw that. You can throw that hate at me. I'm oh okay yeah. With it. Then I feel I'm, like I accomplished invincible. something. <laughs> I made you mad. Good. Um. Well, thank you, sisters. I have enjoyed this shared cultural experience. Me too. And uh, listeners, hey, I we never say this on the show. If you enjoy this cultural experience, 
of our show, <laughs> Still Buffering, share it with your friends. Yeah. And get somebody to listen to it with you. Yeah. We always appreciate that. Yeah, we do. Um, and we appreciate you. Yes. We appreciate you for, for listening here. to our show. Uh, thank you uh, to Maximum Fun, the network that hosts our show and many wonderful podcasts that we are certain you'd enjoy. Go to MaximumFun.org to check them out. Uh, I promise you our email is going to work again someday. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what's up with that? Be... All right. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> <laughs> without getting into the whole thing, still buffering at MaximumFun.org. We'll work again. It, we will yes. receive emails again. And we do want your questions. Yes. Uh, you can tweet them at still buff as well. Yes. So until our Maximum Fun email is up and running, uh, you can send it to stillbufferingquestions at gmail.com. And we will uh, we will get your questions there, stillbufferingquestions at gmail.com. Please send us your uh, teen queries, whatever they may be, related to teens then, now, or in the future i don't know that we have any expertise on that <laughs> but we can do our best and uh thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change your mind this has been still buffering a sister's guide to teens through the ages i am riley smurl i'm sydney mcroy and i'm taylor smurl i am a teenager and, and i was two that was not exactly a shared experience <laughs> Greetings, I am Plek Dex Setter, contacting you from the Zick Squadron, which is frankly uh, sort of crappy, but I'm, I'm here on a heroic mission with my trusty crew, C-53. <laughs> heroic feels like an exaggeration. Okay, sure. And, and uh, security officer Dar. Plek, don't put me in your stupid recording. Well, and, and we're all traveling aboard our trusty starship, the Bargerian Jade. Bargy. What? Sorry. I'm awake. I'm awake. I was, it's fine. I was just flying while asleep. Hey there, this is Alden Ford. I play Plek, and we are so excited to announce that our podcast, Mission to Zix, is now part of the Maximum Fun Network. Our third season launches on Max Fun on March 20th. Binge seasons one and two right now. That's Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.